I want to welcome you to the Drag Champ Show. The three amigos are leading this show, none other than Jake Hodge, Mr. Hoodrich, Ryan Gleghorn, and Gary Don Free, Mr. Drag Champ himself. Now, I wouldn't ride to the store with these three yahoos, but you put them together for some good old stories, some racing news, some results from all over the world. Now, that's a party you just don't want to miss. So, let's tune in, let's hang on, and let's get it on. I want to welcome you to the Drag Champ Show. With us this week on the Drag Champ Show is a young man who I can, I guess I can officially say you're an adult. That's right, 21. Holy shit, it feels like that's taking forever to happen. If he's not the baddest dude in the door car, he's easiestly the baddest one in the state of Florida. Seems like he turns on wind lights every week. And at one time, the winner of the highest paying drag race of all time, George Birch. How you doing, buddy? Hey, hold on a second. Ryan, remember that 500 Winter Circle interview you just did? You just introed him the same way with your fucking eyes closed. Yep. <laughs> it's great. I, it's, hard, it's hard to look at him. He's so fucking beautiful. It's hard to look at him. Gage, how is it? Uh, how's Palmetto, Florida this evening? It's uh, smooth, like 74 degrees. No more sun out today. It's night now. So uh, it's pretty good. Not cold. Do you have a real job? Well, you see, I go to college and we drag race. I'm I'm BT's Uber driver too, though, full time. In all reality, like I think that, you know, the argument could be you or the Southern Nick Hastings, you could probably live a pretty good life off of what you collect off of pretty much Bradenton for the most part. But, and that's not saying that it's easy for you because I know that sometimes you struggle and sometimes that, you know, it doesn't just fall your way, but you've done a lot at 21, right? And I know that you're very humble about it and you don't really brag about it, but you've done a lot at 21. And do you ever just sit back and think, you know, I have I could make a great life this way, but it's going to be real stressful? I mean, I never really get that that far to it. I always tell people that I'm, you know, I'm going to college to be an engineer and that's going to be my like actual job. And I want to be in a place where I don't have to worry about if I win or not. Like right now, it can be stressful at times, but a lot of times there's, I mean, there's a lot of good people I have around me that takes the pressure off of me. You know, if somebody pays your way one time or you just pop a big one off every once in a while, you'll be fine. But at times it could be stressful, but I just never let it. I don't think I'm ever going to let it just be my income for my entire life. That's the smartest fucking thing I've heard anyone say on this podcast. Like, <laughs> let's start. <laughs> like, well, especially like there's a lot of, I know you probably don't realize it, but there's a younger generation below you that are still in junior dragsters. And some of them are pretty bad dudes and dudettes at what they do. And if they're anything like me at 12, 13, 14 years old, they look at someone like you and they're like, man, you know, I'm going to be just like him. I'm just going to race for a living and this, that, and other. And then for you to say that, it's like, it's almost like earth shattering to hear because yeah. c- coming from someone like me, like I have no talent compared to what you have. Uh, so it's very humbling, I guess, for everyone else to hear like, hey, that's actually a pretty educated thing he just said. And he's really good. And it seems like you win every week. Yeah, like, it's twice. pretty unrealistic to say that like a string like this will go on forever. I mean, you eventually lose your eyesight. And like a bunch of people say, you just eventually lose a lot of things that you have when you're young. So when I'm 50, I don't think I'll just be racing for a living. <laughs> no, that, that probably would still be... trying to race for a living. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not the smartest move. Obviously, there's no prop. There's no issues in racing. Uh, racing for better reasons, but you we've seen so many people try to just that be the only thing they do, and it it doesn't always turn out great. For you. 
great for everybody. Yeah, you definitely don't want to get down the road where you're 28, 29, or 30 even and not have a career or anything you can fall back on. That would that would pretty much suck. <laughs> I mean, you're on the yeah. podcast, so you're not doing too much. <laughs> yeah, you know how much this fucking podcast pays, Gage? <laughs> Sounds like it's paying your way to Vegas. <laughs> uh, this podcast isn't doing it. That, that's, a, no, uh, no. that's a friendship that did that. But if it even happens. But <laughs> I told time you... this podcast comes out on Thursday... I guarantee you Ryan Gleghorn will be in Las Vegas. <laughs> if I'm in Las Vegas, it's going to be a great, great day for me. Um, I told you something before we started this podcast, and I'm going to tell it to it here. You know, on the show, it is no secret. Like, we come up and try to find as many stories about as whoever's on the show that week as we can. Um, I usually don't do a whole lot of work. Usually there's like one person you can text, and they just spill the beans on this person's entire fucking life. <laughs> I have talked to nine people today, including your own father. Um, and outside of some stories that we'll talk about here later, uh, and I told your dad this, either A, they, your dad and your mom raised the greatest child ever, did the greatest job of parenting of all fucking time, or you have some really fucking good friends. Because I have a couple stories, but compared to what most people, especially at your age, gets told, it isn't shit. I guess we're in good shape. I'd say it's a little bit of both. I definitely got some good friends around me for sure, but I don't do anything that's too stupid. I try not to. No, I mean that. That's <laughs> so. So fresh off of the five twenty five win, we go to to Montgomery Motorsports Park back in the day for the three hundred series, and we're all standing around, and Gage is there with his dad, and Troy's there, and Nate Dog's there, and Victor Dukes comes out of the motorhome and says. Fuck that Gage Birch. He said, I'll hop in that Chevelle for $10,000. I ain't drove it in two years. And I'll bust his ass in the morning. And Troy shook his hand and said, deal. <laughs> That's when I put Victor to bed. You remember that? I remember that. I didn't know how to take it at first. I didn't really, I haven't really met him until then. That was my first like meeting with him. I was like, holy shit, like this dude's serious. <laughs> well, he was, he was probably serious about the money, but it wasn't anything personal because he's just, he's just a good dude like that. But he's, I remember your dad was like, your dad was instantly pissed just for about three seconds before he realized it was a joke. And I was like, okay, here we go. It's time for bed. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. He's really cool now though. I mean, that was, that was honestly hilarious. He got us pretty good. <laughs> well, he got you guys pretty good, but whenever I went to bed at two 30 in the morning, I went to take a shower and he blows the back door of the motorhome open and throws, throws up in the sink. So, you know, it's, it was one of those, one of those nights that Troy brought fireball over and uh, it was just, you know, had a good time. They were flipping quarters for $500 a hit, and that was about it. Yeah, usually if Troy's in the mix, it's going to be a good time, and it's going to be a late night, so get ready. A bunch of arm wrestling and on the back of golf carts, and I'm pretty sure I woke up the next day and Troy's golf cart was still outside, so I'm not really sure how that worked out. But <laughs> you, you won – well, at the time, you won the largest drag race ever held. How long did that take to sink in that you took a $8,000 truck and, and won the largest drag race ever held? Honestly, I, I I have one of those uh, pictures of it just sitting in the living room, and I walk past it every once in a while. I look at it, and I'm like, wow, that like, actually happened. Like, it still really hasn't sunk in, I guess maybe because there's already been a brace that was bigger than that, so it's not really that big of a deal anymore. But I don't know. Every once in a while, Matt will hit me up and say something about it, or he kind of reminds me, and my dad will do the same thing too. And it's it's something I don't think I'll ever set in, honestly. I was in bed, so I don't really remember that night too much because I remember like them calling this, the round of 16 back while I was laying in the back of the motorhome. But it was a late night. What did you – I mean, can you go back to that day and just kind of talk about 
how you hung around that long because that mentally that is tough. Well, you see, growing up here in Florida, a lot of people like to party. So we're up late four or five in the morning all the time. So that was nothing new. But uh, honestly, just racing with Matt and having everybody there that really, they really helped out and made it a fun time. And it was never like, it was never a drag or anything. Every time I come back to the trailer, it'd be a, it'd be exciting. It'd be a party. It just, just kept us going. And I, I honestly didn't feel any fatigue throughout the whole race. Even in, even at one, we were driving back to the hotel, me and Nicole, and it was the sun, sun was coming up and I was like, man, I might as well just go back to the track and get some breakfast. Cause I'm ready to go again. You know? <laughs> and you went, you went deep multiple times that week. Um, I believe you run it up the 50 before the, the 500. Yep. Chris bear got me in the final. I like yep. a foul or something. I was a two ten thou under. Yep. And you know, especially, and you can't test this and you get in races like that. I mean, that one, it was at that point, that was the largest car count race I'd ever been a part of. Um, I think to this day, it still is. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, yeah, all of there were so many cars. You don't really expect anyone to make it that far twice, just because the odds aren't in your favor, mathematically speaking. Um, and you had, I think in the million, you had multiple, you had both entries fairly deep. No, um, no, I didn't one entry. I didn't even went around. So I had one entry. Or was that in the 50? The, I think the 50, I had both in like fifth or sixth round. I'd forget. It. Okay. That's what I'm thinking about then. Uh, but no, you just kind of mowed through the door car side and you end up with easy on the final and your wind light comes on. I mean, obviously like at what point, I guess what I'm trying to say, at what point in that event were you like, they're going to fucking let me win this thing. They're going to let me roll up here in this fucking truck that says, you know, all these fucking stickers on the back of it. Jane Fonda. Yep. The Jane Fonda sticker is my favorite. American trader bitch. Um, they're going to fucking let me win this thing. At what point did that click in your head? Honestly, the day before when I run it up to Chris, I feel like I, sh- I mean, I, I feel like I drove good and I, I really should have made it a little closer in the final. I took 14 to be two tenths out under and, I was 003 on the tree, so I felt like I had a really good shot. And I felt like I, me and Matt were the only ones that actually knew how good of a shot we really had because of how good the truck was to that point and how I'd been driving to that point. Like, I in the 50, you can go back. I drove terrible and made the final. Like, I think I was like 40-something against Jeff Sarah, and he turned it red. And then I, I'm a, I missed it another round. I think I missed it to Hodge that race, too. I drove terrible, so I was like, if I can drive, like, any sort of normal like I do at home, I'll be fine. Yeah, I think I like I think I gave the stripe up two thou or something. I, I was waiting on a drop that never came. <laughs> so so drove by you down there. So do you think <laughs> drove, it helped? At 102, you drove by me. <laughs> so do you think it helped like when you have that many cars? A lot of those guys are not seeing the track and you're double entered on that on the 50 till late. So you had a bunch of rounds there, and then obviously you get rolling in the in the in the 525 main event. By that point, you've seen the track probably as much or more than anybody there. And so that's, does that give you an advantage then? Honestly, it definitely, that's definitely a huge part of it, I think. Like seeing the track that many times, I don't know if it's seeing the track that many times, but definitely just getting that many hits to the tree and being like certain and comfortable, like what do they need in the box? What do they need to do here or there? What do they need to do from uh, dusk to dark or earlier in the morning? Like I have all the info I need to win this race. Like I know what the truck's going to do. That was probably the biggest thing for me is not knowing how the truck's going to react to weather. But, of course, Matt can help with that. But you don't really know until you know. So that helped tremendously. So fast forward to now, do you officially like top ball racing more than bottom ball racing? 
No, I hate that. <laughs> okay. My fucking man. It's a coin flip. Anybody can lay down like three total. On the bottom, you actually got to like, I feel like they earned it if they put you out, you know, you just have to make a good run. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was that quote again? Anybody can what? Three total? <laughs> I said anybody can lay down three total. Pretty much because, I mean, even at a footbreak race, you can pretty much spot like anybody dead on. Like some, they're going to find dead on one over. Their stuff's good enough. So, I mean, it's a lot easier to be double O on the top for some people. I mean, maybe not Nick Hastings, but that's about it. Hey, you got beat by a guy eating a fucking donut. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So watch out for the rest of the year because he's going to be <laughs> You know how fucking pissed he probably was after <laughs> that? Especially like, you know, he doesn't get on Facebook that much. <laughs> So, like, someone's probably like, hey, man, that you know that fucking 13-second car you just lost to? Yeah, he was eating a fucking donut while he was going down the racetrack. <laughs> He's probably fucking furious. I mean, he made the final that day. Oh, dude, that happened, and it happened, and then he made the final. He made the final, and I texted him, and I was like, every once in a while, we'll message each other if we do good or whatever, and I was like, I was like, dude, you're my hero. You did great. And I was like, shit, he lost to that guy in the, with the donut, like, three hours before that. Like, he probably thinks I'm fucking with him about that. <laughs> I thought that video was fake. I start watching this. I go, what the hell am I watching? And then I'm no, like, I was like, he never showed. Yeah, he never showed next. So I'm thinking that's just bullshit. Oh no! Then there's a video of the behind from the start line. It's great. <laughs> that's all. That's sickening. That's like smacking Dale Earnhardt in the mouth. <laughs> oh, oh God! Golly. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, what's that race? Does anybody know what the ticket looks like on that? I don't know. I bet you I can get it though for this before this is over. We need to. I'm really interested on that. Nick had Nick either had to take too much or give it back. Well, I heard he rip it. He just rip. He rolled by and just I heard like one or two rips, and then the guy goes, "Oh, one. Let me eat my donut." <laughs> oh, man. oh, oh, bend over. Bend over. You, gotta, you gotta love that. That's that's worse than the donut. How about him put? How about him putting the open noggin on, not even strapping it? <laughs> that's my favorite part. <laughs> Legally, he don't even have to fucking wear one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My, like it's bad. The fucking sub, the dad van goes faster than that. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering he if he goes. I'm late. He's <laughs> like, well, like, this motherfucker's over. I got my Krispy Kremes <laughs> on the side of me. I'm just gonna let Hastings beat my ass real quick. <laughs> and then next thing, he, he was as shocked as anybody when we saw the fucking wind light come on. <laughs> it was cool though. It was. Pretty it cool. was pretty fucking neat. Oh man. So not only we only talked about like one of like the 5,000 wins. I think you have at this point, like, I don't know. You've also won twice at Bristol off the bottom. What do those races mean to you? Um, Those races are super cool. Honestly, that's one of the, that's probably the first like prestigious bracket race. I traveled outside the state to go to. And the the first time I did, I won. I feel like that's one of the races that kind of has progressed me to where I am today. Yeah. I remember, you were just like 16. You won the gambler's race at Footbreak Challenge. Yeah, that, it wasn't even my car to that point. BJ, uh, I drove it. I want to say I drove it like one race, and I I lost like second or third round. And then me and Toman brought that thing up there, and we ended up getting it done one of the days. That's pretty badass. You are. Uh, and then go ahead. Then this last year, uh, obviously you you won the Sunday of the of the hundred k. Ran yourself at six. Uh, very easily if things, you know, come up different on the ladder, you could have potentially rain yourself in the final. Yeah, definitely could have did that. I, I really should have had two Byrons in a row, too. I, I rolled out there at six, had to run myself, and I actually messed up because I told BJ, I was like, let me know what the best tree is, and I'll just be better in that and get to buy at three. 
because I drew myself and I had, had, it, had the it, it was not Gleghorn. I w- not Gleghorn. <laughs> no, no, Bianchi fucked or not Bianchi. Uh, Sarudi <laughs> fucked me up. They got you there. Yeah, we we uh, didn't realize Sarudi had to buy up until then. And I thought it'd be better in like twelve or whatever it was, and I turned it red. And turns out Slick was like twenty something and got the buy. So, do you get tired of winning? I mean, I don't know how you want me to answer that question. <laughs> you know what I answered? It's bad. <laughs> or is it? Here's a better way of asking it. Is winning just expected at this point for you, at least at a local level? Uh, like for myself or? Yes. I mean, I think I have uh, just as good of a shot as anybody if I roll on the gate. So I feel like every time I go, I should win. I try to win every race I like. If well, it was ob- obviously, no one shows up to the fucking racetrack to lose. At least they shouldn't be. I mean, some people show up to have a good time. <laughs> I mean, there are those people and I'm actually envious of those people. I am I very I envious that. of the people who can go out there, get their teeth kicked in, and be like, well, I'm still having a good time no matter what. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm probably going to be mad for about 30 minutes, but then we can have a good time. But some people just don't care. Like, when you get the time slip the same time I did? What? You get the time slip the same same time I did? Yes. <laughs> okay. We'll let Gary ask his question, then we have the time slip from the bend over and nasty Nick Hastings. <laughs> So kind of piggybacking on that, any pressure from maybe expectations, you know, like, hey, if I don't go here and do well, maybe think people think I've lost it if I don't race well and, you know, three or four big events in a row or something, or do you even consider that? Or is it all just I'm in my own world and doing my own thing? Honestly, the best example I can use for this is Nick racing bend over like you're expected to win. But like if you don't like I mean, there's certain rounds where like you don't know who's going to win, but like. Some races you definitely should win, so you're like you're definitely expected to win. And like if you don't, then it just looks bad. But I don't know. Sometimes I try not to put too much pressure on myself. Like I go up there, and if I lose, I lose. I mean, I'm just as happy, just as happy as if I I do my job and lose as if I do my job and win. Because at the end of the day, I did what I wanted to do, and as long as I can afford to keep doing it, I'm okay. I might be a little little angry if I lost, but nothing like a, nothing like Dadis. <laughs> I'll just what do you, wait, that. wait, what do you mean? Oh, uh, I don't know. There's sometimes there's flying fuel jugs and stuff, but not usually. <laughs> Missy Matt does come out sometimes, even at slot car tracks. It's really like, I honestly, because before I raced with him, I never knew he's like that. Like, he's just like, you know, cool dude hanging out or whatever. And I'm like, dude, sometimes he's just, it's, it's pretty rare now. He's calmed down a little bit, but I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> it's okay. Is it like, is it like Matt in the final round of the 500, Matt? That, no, that was not mad. <laughs> he was he was a little upset, but he wasn't. That wasn't that mad. I'm like, dude, you're walking away with over a hundred grand. Like it, it, it'll be okay. <laughs> so the time slip reads as shows: Hastings was 14. Shocker. Bendover was 40. Oh no. <laughs> and four above, 80 total. So how much oh, finish line does that equate to? 40 oh, no. and 40 over. 80 depends on how much he's under. 14 take 80 to be seven thou under. Oh, oh no. He got him. The team must have got him. Six Stalled up for that long, maybe. 606 at 108. Oof. It's there. I mean, that's that's about right. Was he sideways? He was just had to be. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> I don't think he was gonna risk the T for that. It was, pro- one. It was, it was probably the probably the hood that tripped the beams. <laughs> oh, got it with no. <laughs> got it with the hood. <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd be terrible. <laughs> Seventh out oh. under. Ouch. Yep. Uh, but I do want to know 
you, you race in a part of the country that races year round, uh, except for the summertime because they're a bunch of pussies. But what <laughs> you have guys there that that kind of have really molded the drag racing big money bracket scene. Like you, you race guys every week that either have moved there or are from there that have dominated big money bracket racing for the last three or four decades, right? So you go to a regular a regular 5k or 10k at Bradenton and you've got Troy and Gary and everybody there and you've got Manny and, and Siegel and everybody, right? Who, who's one guy that gets the best of you? Oh, that's none of those guys you named. It's honestly the, I wouldn't say he got the best of me a lot when I was younger, when I first started, I'd say we're pretty close now, but Tim Butler used to oh, beat my me like a drone. <laughs> that dude is incredible. He's so like literally, and Siegel attested this. I think me and Siegel were talking about it the other day. I've raced him probably the last 10 times, and I will promise you he has not been worse than five. Top, bottom, does not matter. And everybody that knows him knows he's going on. Uh, I, I raced him I raced him at the Christmas Bash, and he was like three dead two. And it was just oh, – yeah. I just waited as he drove by. You know, it was, you can't do anything about it. He's not going to yeah, drive. And his stuff is just flat and nasty. And if he lets out the gas, you've you really lost. Like <laughs> you're bad. Like, if he holds it down, it was tight. Like it was tight. You might have a chance. Yep, absolutely. But would you rather now my question, would you rather for five hundred thousand dollars to win, would you rather index race or top ball race? What kind of index race? Whatever like, you whatever you want. Probably probably open comp's your favorite, isn't it? Yeah, I would I wouldn't I mean, I feel like I could win the five hundred more times on an index i feel like i'm really good at um situations like if i have to leave behind on a pro tree i know what to do and i know i can still be double o and i'll i know how to set my index and i have ways of speeding up slowing down to wherever the weather moves so i feel like i'd i have a good chance at both but i definitely would would pick that one i feel like every time that anybody's announcing any kind of like index race that's live streamed from florida it's like and here's gauge and on the bye run at three, and yep, he won again. And what is it about that? Is it is it just the the adjustment you can do that that not just makes you that much better? Is that is that the more intriguing part for you? Yeah, I feel like it's a challenge because we don't do it all the time. I've liked index racing ever since I was growing up, even in juniors and stuff. I because we don't really, I mean, a lot of people don't know, but index racing isn't really a thing for us in juniors unless you go to Bristol. So like it was a once a year thing. So it's pretty cool. So I guess I got into it because of that, and then. Um, like open comps is a new deal because your dial set from your qualifying round or whatever. So I think I'm really good at like a lot of people lift or put weight in or whatever, but I know how to kill exactly what I need to wherever on the track. And I feel like that gives me an advantage. If you haven't had a wide open all day, there's no way you can just, if you haven't had a wide open all weekend, how can you spot your dial for dead on? You know what I mean? Like low dead on, how are you going to know where that's at? So I feel like I'm really good at deciphering that and, judging the weather and I have a really good car, obviously. So that helps. If you didn't have the Mustang, what would you build? I mean, would you ever sell the Mustang? No, <laughs> I'll never sell the Mustang. I mean, you bought it and pretty much put BJ in retirement, right? Yeah. He comes out every once in a while. I, he's, he does all the engine work and pretty much anything I ever need on it. That is too much for me to handle. And he's super good to me. And um, Yeah. He's pretty much retired now. He's got kids and stuff, so he's he's dad life right now. But if you didn't if you didn't have it and it was never a thing, what what would be your dream bracket car? Well, you 
you see that's a loaded question because like if you're asking me that if i've never driven anything like or like uh, with my knowledge now both let's hear it i want to hear i want to hear both answers before i would say i mean maybe maybe i mean even maybe now too a malibu wagon like seagull's wagon like that's sweet and my mom actually races and she has a malibu wagon that's pretty similar but it's a it's a street car and you you know take it out the track and race sportsman or no box whatever you want with it that was probably my like i guess dream car growing up but honestly i i think a mustang's really good like it's really easy to make fast really they work really good and it's really hard to beat it i'm building a mustang <laughs> she ever gonna tub it out you big tire or small tire Oh, why would we go big tires? The little guys get the job done. So I have a question for you. Where did George Burt come from? <laughs> that, that South, Georgia, South Georgia Motorsports Park. It's South Georgia? That's what, that's what dad has told me. When did that happen in Georgia, though? Something about there was a junior race there, and then they wouldn't let you buy another entry, so you went and bought another name under George Burt or something. I don't know. I don't remember that one. I Honestly, the first time I heard it was in – um at the 500 because i forget who was announcing it, it might was have been it like, alvin yeah i think it alvin was, was announcing oh, called no. george because i had to run andrew de piazza and he was like andrew i don't even know like the pizza or something and then george birch are up here on the start line and i'm like we went back and watched it and i'm like there's no way he said it that like like that like yeah, it, honestly it wasn't night, but i've called oh, a lot yeah. of races you folks and these two here they're tough customers i'll give it to him i mean i've would i'm not that good at announcing i would probably mess it up too but we thought it was funny <laughs> so you broke the internet one time i think you won a 5k and a junior dragster race in the same day what uh what do you have to say about everybody that's like oh they should be once they go to big cars they should not be allowed anymore i mean maybe they should change the rules if you're not breaking the rules what's it matter <laughs> oh no <laughs> i agree i agree completely but <laughs> that, I, I just remember i think it was fti posted that picture and everybody was commenting on it bashing you i'm like He's like 16 years old. Like, give the, give the kid a break. Right. I mean, like, when you – at the point of that, when I was still racing it, like, I was just getting into big cars. Like, I'm still in high school. Like, I, I can't make that much money. Like, if I'm – if I race a junior and make 200 bucks from winning that, like, 200 bucks is a lot when I'm 16. You know, it pays for me to go – if I win four or five junior races, I can go to the World for Break Challenge in July. Like, people don't realize that there's a reason behind everything. It's not just because, like, I want to race little kids – like you just like, like clubbing baby seals like Corey Galetti, don't you? Right. I mean, I can't speak for Corey, but no, I'm just kidding. That's what his dad said. He goes, I had to get him out of there. It was like clubbing baby seals. <laughs> no, he had to get him out of there after the junior fell off the, the dolly going down the hill at yeah. Bristol. Yeah, and it crunched the fucking crunched the front end of that motherfucker. Oh, just stick him in a big car. He's ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point they knew he was ready. Yeah, but when did like you tore this shit up enough? <laughs> when did you get good in juniors? Were that like from early on, and you've just been winning for like the last fifteen years, or has it been something late in your career? Because I know so, you won a ton in juniors. Honestly, like, um, and it sounds bad, but like the first year, six months or whatever it was, I don't remember because I was seven or eight. I didn't win around. Like it was that long. We raced every weekend. Oh, like, there's I still hope for my kid. <laughs> like, like I'm telling you, that has seasoned me for like, like I'm still pissed about that. I'm trying to make up for it. Like, so I'd say, I don't know, honestly, you'd have to ask my dad, but I feel like I was pretty far ahead when I was like nine years old. Like, 
Like I remember Troy telling me when I was like 10 at one time at bracket finals, like I in front dropped someone when I was like 10 years old and he's like for like dead on or one above and they're under. He's like, dude, like just let me know when you want to hop in this thing at his dragster or whatever. And I'm like, can you reach the pedals yet, man? So how many races have you won in a junior? Do you know? I don't know. I heard it was a lot. Question for my dad. A couple hundred or so? Definitely. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard it was somewhere around 200-ish, which is Um, just unreal. Yeah, I would say it's definitely 200. Like, I forget, but it it definitely hit 200 at one point because I remember I was – my dad wasn't at the track, and he told me it was 200. I was like, oh, that's cool. So, (laughs) When you're that age, you don't get it, but you look back, you go – that's a lot of freaking wins. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a lot of hits on the track. If there we're counting is. time runs, I don't think I've turned on 200 wind lights. <laughs> you haven't been the faster car 200 times in a time run? I've turned it red. <laughs> <laughs> True. Damn. So who's helped you the most throughout your career? That's hard to say. I mean, definitely my dad. He's helped me more than anybody from day one, but I'd say BJ comes in number two. Since I've, I've been in the big cars, he's been a huge help. Like, like people don't really realize, and I should probably should thank him more, but he's the guy behind the scenes that makes this thing as good as it is. And honestly, it puts me a step ahead of everybody, I think. And um, honestly, Manny, he helped me a lot when I was growing up on the tree. Pretty much taught me how to hit the bottom, how to be aggressive. Troy and Gary, obviously, they helped a lot. Finish line racing, stuff like that. Um, Joe Tillman, he was always, we went traveling together a few times. and He was always a really good racer. Um, the whole Hagedorn family, Roy Hagedorn, Danielle, Mike. Hall of Famer, baby. Oh, yeah, motorcycle racers. We got a little bit of motorcycle in there, too. He's always trying to get me on one. But, uh, yeah, Mike was one of the first people that actually let me race a big car before I was even legal. So That, that was would be cool. awesome to see you on a scooter. <sighs> I, I think I'd, ha- I'd lay it down at some point. There's no way. <laughs> well, as long as you lay it down, like, you know, pushing yourself to the pre-stage beam, that'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's probably where I'm going to lay it down <laughs> problem i'm gonna pick my feet up too fast and lay it down on the start line on the popper oh my gosh (laughs) oh my gosh so i did have about four people give me stories like i said they're not nearly as bad as half the shit we've had on here like they're not any strip club stories or anything cool like that oh i do have something similar that didn't even get brought up do you remember the time we went to hooters in georgia oh silver dollar yeah Catman Jacobus. Yeah. Catman Jacobus, you ran as that the rest of the weekend. <laughs> Do you remember our waitress? I probably would if you gave me a hint or something, but I don't. She she drove a dirt car. A dirt. Oh, yeah, I do remember. Do you remember what her sponsor was? <laughs> no. It was a sex shop. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did look it up and we're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I remember. Funny, funny yeah. car, Chris's mom sponsoring dirt cars now? <laughs> <laughs> I, if that was his mom that'd be really weird because they're about the same age um <laughs> and then tell me about you know i'm out here in the mid-south and there's a lot of racetracks out here we actually have one called mid-south dragway and i had a heard story that you went there one time and for those that don't know this nothing gets mid-south dragway but they don't really have uh they're not known for um having the greatest talent at their racetrack uh, but you and Lucas Walker went there one time, I guess from Memphis. Is Mid South a code name? It's it's the code name is Dyersburg. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, okay, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, tell me about your trip to Dyersburg. 
Well, if <laughs> if I'm thinking about the run that you're, you know, I got wore out by a Thunderbird. But anyway, it was it was definitely a show. <laughs> like Lucas did not warn me good enough. He's like, you want to go racing? Because I don't know what happened. It rained out at Memphis or something. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's go. I need some hits in the white car. So we go over there. We're all in there. And I'm telling you right now, we brought the wrong cars. Like, like Lucas's hot rods are obviously fast. And I was like, dude, I don't know if I want to go 730 down here, much less 596 O's. Like, holy crap. It was a it was a show for sure. I mean, they actually ran it pretty decent, but we weren't very successful. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Dyersborg is a little narrow. And she's a tad on the short side when it comes <laughs> to after the finish line. And it's uh, about 80 loose rollout from anywhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can damn near hit it on the fucking middle at Dyersburg. <laughs> yeah. um, and the fact that you motherfuckers didn't win, <laughs> I think is the worst part. Because I remember watching y'all roll out of Memphis and Charlie or someone's like, yeah, they're going to Dyersburg. I'm like, oh, well, they're going to rain each other in the final. That's how that's going to work out. I wake up the next morning like, yeah, they never even made the final. I was like, what? I don't even remember if Lucas actually raced. but According to him, this is his quote, he lost at seven and you lost at four. Yeah, that yeah. might be it. Then. I know uh, I was in later in him if he didn't race or if he did race. Of like, Dyersburg probably only paid like 500 to win. Maybe. 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 Oh. Tell me about this lap with the Thunderbird, though. What happened? I don't, I don't really remember. I want to say I was like 40. 46 or something like that and he he actually made like a decent run like he was 20 and one above and i was 40 and i don't know one above or something (laughs) Uh, let's just put it this way i was more worried about being getting stopped when i'm going 112 there than anything yeah dragsters are not allowed at dyer's park what's the what's the one track just outside of tampa is real short yeah showtime is it is it shorter than showtime way dude they used to raise dragsters and stuff back in the day at sunshine like that was a thing like you go 450 down there you cannot go 450 at Dyer's Park. No, you will be in the weeds. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll end up on the fucking highway. Uh, yeah, we have a ton of those little tracks around here. There, Pickwick, uh, Jackson, Bahalia. Uh, but it, it's definitely, if you've never been to a small, small track like that, uh, it's a different It's a different breed for sure. And it's, it's very humbling when your wind light doesn't come on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really bad feeling because, like, I don't even know if they have wind lights, honestly, but you, you roll through and you're like, that was way tighter than it was supposed to be. And I was, I think I was behind. So, like, don't tell me I'm about to get the yellow ticket right here, right? Like, not here. Dude cracked me, so. I, he, he probably had no clue who the fuck you were. No. It, Pro- dude, probably it, still does the video, he did a fire burnout, too, to go, like, 680 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> We used to, we used to have a track like that back home. It was called Prairie Hill, and there was a gentleman out there that I don't know what his real name was because everybody called him Possum, <laughs> and he had six thirty seven painted on the side of his car in literal paint. And the first time I went there, I had to run him in the semis. I was like, "Man, like your shit must be good." <laughs> He's like, "I'm like, where'd you come up that dial? I'm like it must run six thirty seven all the time." He's like, "Nah." He's like, "I just don't want to break out." I was like, what do you mean? It's like, that's the fastest I've ever been. That's the fastest lap ever in history it's ever been. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we've been through a motor and converter change, and we <laughs> run from alcohol to gas, and because he went nowhere near 637 whenever I, we made our lap, and he was on the floor. 
Well, you don't want to break out. That is true. It's hard to win if you break out. It is. <laughs> uh, got that covered. <laughs> t- I also I have another question for you. Why the fuck did you get mud all over Dadis's motorhome and trailer that he Why just is he waxed? so mad about that? He's still upset. He drove all the way from oh. Ohio to Alabama and it's weird I got a little mud on it. Like <laughs> I mean, now I did see the video of how it got muddy. Yeah, well, okay. Well, when you sit around the track for a day in rain, you know, some stuff happens. Me and Newmeyer, actually it was Matt Scooter too. Me and Newmeyer yep. were uh hopped on the scooters, came out of the motorhome, hopped on the scooters to go. I don't even remember what we were doing, but we hopped on the scooters. And the one scooter I hopped on, it says Lauren on the front. It's actually Matt's sister's scooter. But uh, I hopped on it and like immediately like decked it and it about spun out. So I'm like, okay. So I just stayed in it and kept doing donuts for like two minutes. We didn't even realize we took off to go do whatever we're doing. There was mud and grass slung up on the trailer and motorhome. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he he's still a tad salty. Um almost like what a year later that you got yeah. all that shit on his fucking trailer. Also, I don't even know where this one comes from. But this is a quote that I'm supposed to tell you. My man, my man, I think we got a spool problem. <laughs> That's from, oh gosh, I remember that. <laughs> Let's hear it. I kind of. Uh, that was this year, the million again. Okay. Uh, I had a uh, cooked wagon there actually and uh, broke the rear end. So we had to do a change. And uh, well, we were putting the axles back in after borrowing, a, uh, borrowing all we needed from Big Jed. Shout out to Big Jed. That was super cool of him. And uh, put one of the axles straight in, right? Like that's supposed to be. Put that one in. Would only go in like an inch. I'm like, there's no way. Like we got the, it's the same spine, same everything. It should work. There's no way. We're lining it up. We're cleaning it out, lubing it up. We're like, dude, it will not go in. I'm like, we're sure. We counted the spines like four times. I'm like, all right, line it up. We'll just start beating it in. the <laughs> boost. Laboose comes over, and at this point, everybody's been partying and stuff. And he he comes over, and we're like, "Man, he's like, what are y'all doing?" I'm like, "Dude, we got to get this thing in there." He's like, "No, man, we've got a spool problem." And he just kept saying it over and over again. And then eventually, like ten minutes later, he's like, "We ended up getting it in after a couple hits or whatever." But he's like, "Man, let me get a hit at it." I was like, "Dude, you were just saying we got a spool problem. Now you want to join?" <laughs> oh gosh, I love it. I fucking love it. Well, Gage, as we're uh, winding this podcast down, obviously you want to win all of the races, but are you a more of a, a million dollar race win aspiring or are you the like WFC 250K? Um, that's kind of a loaded question, but uh, obviously I want to win both of them. But I think the original million is the race that I really, really, really want to win. That's a, that was the race. Every, like, I'd say every day since I knew racing, like, I wanted to win that race. So, I'd say the original millions probably the one that I'm never going to be done with. Like, obviously, I'm always going to want to win that one. But, I mean, I don't know. I'd say the original millions probably the one that I'd want to win the most. How's your track record at South Georgia? That's uh, not too bad. I think we can, we can do some good things in South Georgia. I like that a lot better in Montgomery. So if you win any day at the uh, WFC, Ryan and I, we're not going to interview you and we will not take winter circle pictures. You can take your shit back to the trailer. <laughs> the 250, just turn off the track and go back to the trailer and put it in the yeah. box. Yeah, we'll put the gate. <laughs> we'll put the gates out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just drive it out of the gate if I win the 250. 
You guys over top of it. Really. Nail balls. <laughs> I'll, I'll spray paint Gravedigger on the side of it. <laughs> That's pretty much. I mean, that'd work. <laughs> That's actually where I met Matt was the WFC. And I actually met him with Tomo was there. And we got there. And we were parked across from him. And this man is literally over there with he's with, he's there with Carly. We go over there and he's grilling tortillas, like just tortillas. And that's all he had. So we ate grilled tortillas. That's how we met over grilled tortillas. That was our dinner. How, Didn't y'all how? also grill fucking pizzas? Oh, that's what we do now. We've upgraded. We're big time now. How the fuck do you grill a pizza? How oh, do you man. think you grill a pizza? A charcoal <laughs> grilled pizza is one of the best pizzas you'll ever eat. There, there you go. Maybe they have one in Vegas. I don't know. What how, about, how about one of the most underrated bottom bulbers there is? Matt Dadis. Matthew Dadis. Yeah, he's... He can get it done. He wouldn't. He's never gonna say he's a bottom bulber, but deep down, he can hit the bottom. He's won the Bonanza before. That's not an easy race to win. A couple times, I think. Yeah, and he's got him. He got him in the truck at the Bonanza one year. He claims that you can't hit the bottom in the truck. I've never had a fair shot. I would say. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's a fair <laughs> shot? Let's get okay. this clear. Well, the first time I ever staged the truck hitting the bottom was on a buy run in a 50. So I don't think that's a fair shot. And then I did race it at the Bonanza for a weekend. And uh, I just I started off on the wrong foot. I should have never grabbed the button to no box. I should have just foot break the whole time. But I mean, I think if I had a if you give me two or three runs now, I think I'm in. I think if I deep staged it with the Terminator, I'm going to be low, low, probably seven out of eight times. Deep staged with the Terminator. Why, not just, why don't you just grab the little button? Because it's too slow getting out of the beam for the little button. Have you ever seen that thing leave? It's I don't know how. Yes. He's, he exaggerates. He swears he can see the bottom and let go of the Terminator. There's no way. What? Why wouldn't you just hit the bottom with the little button? I don't think it'd be fast enough to hit my spot on the bottom. Where the fuck is your spot? <laughs> I let it warm up a little bit. My man. If you see? miss it, it's harder to miss it again. Like You can't double miss it. <laughs> see... All these motherfuckers may find me mainly in next gen because I had a deep stage Cody's truck going like six teens. But Gage is over here saying that he has to watch it come on too. I mean, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have to deep stage a six six ten car. Maybe it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I remember it was also on fire and it got ran into. So I don't know how much <laughs> that affected the old rollout in it. But that's my story, and I'm it's sticking to fire. it. I can hit shallow in the hillbilly. <laughs> there you go. Shallow AF, I'm fine. Well, I, we couldn't be the only people, though. We were in the tower every time Ryan rolled around the corner. And I, like, we just looked at each other like, all right, here's where the wheels fall off. And it hits a tree, and it's like, huh, we might have a chance here. <laughs> and then, then we roll up to, you know, the final round. And, yeah, you know. So, Ryan, at what, point, at what point in that race did you realize they're going to let me fuck around and win this thing? Never. <laughs> Dude, I, I actually called you to win like it four or five cars i was like dude they let them sneak in this long like i don't think anybody that's the problem you let somebody in that long that isn't that people aren't expecting to win and then they've got nothing to lose at that point they're i had nothing to lose when i got there that's what i'm saying you (laughs) really got nothing to lose now that you got your entry like the last (laughs) time i was at bristol dragway i was on fire (laughs) so when i showed up I was like, well, first off, I'm driving Hodge's shit. So more than likely, it's either we're either going to have a good weekend or this thing's going to bust into fucking flames. I'm going to die at Bristol. We did both. <laughs> we actually did both. We, it didn't catch on fire. It did break, though. It did it, break. 
I don't know. We've told this story, I think, plenty of times in the podcast, but I don't know if Gage has listened, but he called me and said, the rear end's broke. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, it's This is after up. Bailey wrecked. Yeah, Bailey was wrecked <laughs> on the racetrack, and Ryan's sitting. You, you can see <laughs> in some of the pictures, Ryan's sitting along the racetrack on, like, the pit. Well, I was trying to make sure my man used. wasn't dead. Like, the pros used the pit return road, right? Yeah. And he's sitting there right by the eighth-mile finish line. I was like, all right, I'll be down there in a minute. As I'm walking out, walking out of the tower, he calls me. He's like, nope, not the rear end. It's a transmission. I'm like, or it was maybe the other way around. I was like, I'll yeah. be right there. He's like, so what are you going to do? I started it, and I just ripped it in the low and ripped the gas, and it spit the front lug stud out underneath of it. <laughs> the front <laughs> lug stud was backed out. And then I turned the corner. I'm like, I'm like, this wheel could be falling off, but I am getting it back to my trailer before I stop <laughs> in front of all these people in the front of the staging lanes. Because everybody's up there watching watching them clean Bailey's, Bailey's mess up. Right. And you're about so to I turned the corner. I turned the corner right there by like the racer appreciation tent and somebody's like flagging me down. Stop, stop, stop. The front wheels like this hanging off of it. <laughs> so we fixed it right outside a big judge trailer and Ryan's like, so what now? I'm like, well, we're going to steal a lug stud from the other side and put it in this side. I said, these motherfuckers are four lug from the factory. We're good. Right. And so we finished that race. I run Jesse better in the, the re-entry round. I was, I went up to him. I was like, man, I know this is a big time and everything. I'm just letting you know. The front wheel about fell off this motherfucker the last run, and I only got four lugs in it. Good luck, bud. And he was red. So I need to start telling that story more Heard often. Him. He said boo. You, you know, that, that car does its job because I was changing the converter in it like midnight at Bowling Green this last weekend, and Corey Glidewell rolls by and is like, what are you doing? And, you know, he's, you know, a few drinks in. I'm like, ah, oh, we're just changing the oil. You know, he said, you got four jack stands out for changing the oil? I was like, yeah, buddy. I said, I'm real safe. He realized the transmission was about on the ground and he's looking around. And he said, I thought this thing was a piece of shit. <laughs> and I was like, well, so yeah, if you, if you look at it from a few feet, he said, some bitch has got stainless headers on it. He said, holy shit. And I was like, yeah, so I, it, it looks rough. It needs painted. I said, but you know, it gets the job done. He looked under it and he said, by God, it's four link too, isn't it? He said, I thought it might've had leaf springs on it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and he's looking around at double adjustables. Oh my goodness, I can't even afford this stuff. And I'm like, you know, of course, Corey Glidewell that's got the car that he cut intake gaskets out with a razor blade the night before going 4 30 the next day. I was like, Yeah, you can't afford it all right. But, <laughs> you know, that's that the Mustang was that way for a while, right? We had mismatched fenders and, and doors and Scarface. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad you painted that, that thing. What you say? I said, I'm sure glad you painted that thing because I had it on the cover of Drag Champ so many times that I'm like, damn, I wish that thing was painted one color. It's hard to get enough time to paint it. It's like you got to be down for like two weeks or whatever. So <laughs> it's double littered in the final every week in Florida. There's no time to to paint it, right? Exactly. I mean, I liked it the best when it was like a bunch of different colors. Like that thing rolling in the track, like the first race I rolled into was New Year's like that. And I was like, I literally rolled in the gate and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to win now. Like, you can't just pull it in something like this and not win. Like, <laughs> Oh gosh. Did, did it ever get like, I don't know. I, I played golf with a guy one time and he was always just mouthing off about how good he was. And I thought he was just a big mouth. And we played golf one day and he hit the fairway every damn fairway. And it got boring for me to watch him. And I finally was like, dude, does golf get boring? Just just hitting it right down the middle of the fairway. You don't have to chase your ball, you know, look for it. He's like, hell no, it's fun. So I think of you in the same sense of like just winning all the time and, and sometimes twice in a weekend, a lot of times twice a weekend. It kind of got boring for me. Like I wasn't impressed as much. It's almost like I started putting expectations on you. So I have a better <laughs> question. 
So your girlfriend races too. She does, does she ever? Drag. What? I said she drags. That's right. Yep. Does she ever go like, what the fuck? Like you're in the winner circle again. Really, motherfucker? <laughs> no, but she started to do this thing. Like she used to be excited when a woman. Now she's just like, good job. Like, cool. Like, whatever. I'm just like, what? If I don't win like 500, it's not like exciting anymore. I mean, I've always said drag racing, it's worse than doing drugs because like the high is like so high. Well, she's experienced like the ultimate high of drag racing with you. I'm saying got too high too fast. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, Ryan, not many of us can relate to that. Oh, hey, you know what? (laughs) What happens in Vegas usually ends up on the arm. So I can tell you, Gage, is you're a young man. Enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it, because you know you look back. You know, probably you won't look back like me, but I look back and go, man, it's been like almost thirty years since I was did any kind of competitive where I was winning on a, any kind of a decent basis. You know, so it, it, time goes fast, and uh, yeah. you look back, you you got a lot to look back on. I mean, you have got a career, uh, a lifetime of achievements in, in just a very short career. It's very impressive to to watch, and and you're just a pretty grounded young man too. So. I appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll have a little bit more to look back on after this year, too. Uh, I kind of got a feeling we will. I have one last question, and, and you can answer this how you want, but like races are one in the shop, right? I want to know how, how many days a week you and your dad and whenever BJ gets his hands on it, do you guys maintenance your car? Not as often as you think. We probably should more often, but I'd say we race so often that like it doesn't go a week without running or firing up or whatever so i know when something's wrong like immediately i'd say probably i mean like my car i don't know there's some weeks i don't look at it until i get to the track the next week and there's some weeks that i'm on it every day of the week i think i'm just we know that when it needs work we need to do it all and do it all right and buy the best best stuff you can get have the best people around you and then you just don't have to worry about it like it's all right it'll all be good he almost said shit (laughs) <laughs> for anybody that cannot see oh. the video right now he stopped himself from saying shit he paused so do you tweak your combination constantly or is it kind of like hey let's just keep everything maintained and, and keep the same because i know it so well or is it always co- testing stuff i mean you have to have a good balance of that i feel like that um there's always room for improvement on one hand and then on the other hand I wouldn't, I don't usually touch it before I go to a big race. I make it as good as I can at the local stuff. And I use my, I, me and BJ will talk back and forth and how can we make this thing better? What does it need? We'll do it on a local scale first. And then worst case scenario, I'll just go back to what I know for a big race or whatever. So a little bit of both. So speaking of big races, what's the, uh, what's the season look like for you? Um, so in a few weeks, we had the 500 here in Bradenton. And then after that, we, we're thinking about going to the flinging galat, which pays a hundred. So, and then after that, I don't really know. I guess the there's the one point one million in July, and then there's a lot of other races. I mean, footbreak challenge, the two fifty. I really would like to go to the uh, the Piedmont seventy five grander, but it's on top of the the five hundred tier, so that's not going to happen. What? But. How does that make you feel that they're bringing the five hundred into your wheelhouse? Um, on one hand, it's nice. Yeah, obviously, I don't have to travel, but then again, it's like, I don't know. I don't really feel like there's any advantage at being here. I mean, I won when I was in Michigan when I was blind. So on one hand, it's nice. But honestly, the other weekend we were here, people think that people here have an advantage. They changed the rollout after after we've been there all year. So how are we supposed to, like, there's there's really no advantage. You guys let Marie Mueller win. What happened with that? 
She cracked us. Hey, she she's she's a bad biatch. Yeah, she got it done. Her and her dad are really good people, and they, they had a really good run. That was good. Then your buddy Carpenter went fucking wild on the next two days. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Dude, he's been so close so many times. Like it was a it was like an ongoing joke for like I'd say the last six months. Like he'd get to four in a big race and lose. The the 25 or 50 or whatever data's pulling down here, he was in at four and it fell to the next day and he lost. And I was like, man, come on, this is your time. And then he beats me in the, the first 50 and wins the race. And I'm like, dude, like, that's awesome. Like, you deserve it or whatever. And then the next day, like, Nicole even told me, like, that morning, she was like, she was like, Michael's going to win again today. I'm like, I'm still in. Like, come on now. <laughs> and then he cracks him again. I'm like, all right, well, I guess he called it. So it's whatever. So when when are we gonna see you in a dragster? He's he's I, made a I've, few licks. I've seen him in a dragster. It's not he's done it. He's done it. He, I mean, I mean, like it. consistently. You've got you probably have access to some of the best equipment and dragsters in the country. Any chance? Why does he fucking need it? Well, no, I'm just yeah, I'm, I'm all doors all the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, dragsters are cool, but I, I'm definitely not. Everything's moving. Over. A lot. I mean, it's moving really fast for me. I feel like I'm used to going six, not fours. So it happens real fast for me too. I don't always know what I'm looking at down there. He just, says I'm all doors all the time. That's the quote. I love it. <laughs> Small tire. Small, Small tire. tires. Door cars. Those are pretty cool. All right, guys. What else you got for for Mr. Birch? What, did somebody dub you the baby face assassin or something? Something stupid like that? Yeah. Who, who was that? Uh, double O. Double O shit show. Yeah, well, nobody cares about him. It's okay. <laughs> He's funny. Oh, yeah. Almost as funny as WTR. He's getting there. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, shots okay, fired. Okay. Shots oh. fired. <laughs> David's going to murder you. <laughs> I, I, sent him a, I sent him a hat, and I put it. I addressed it to WTR with his address. I saw that. <laughs> that's perfect. Oh, that's going to that's gonna get some attention now. Maybe we'll have uh, the pot a little bit. He posts more stuff, but WTR, I'd say WTR is funnier because it's like more of an inside joke usually. So like, if you know the whole story, like it's, it's pretty hilarious and they'll put anything on there. So it's, you never know what you're going to see. <laughs> Some gets deleted very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not in a cool click, so I don't always get the references that WTR are making, but I know there's more to the story. So I'm like, okay, I just want to be one of the cool kids and know what's going on, but. <laughs> oh yeah! Every time I don't know, I I, I just ask for whatever. I'm like, dude, I got to hear this because. Oh, who do you ask? Out. Nobody. Who, who do you ask again? Nobody. You were about to say. You WTR. paused. <laughs> WTR. See, I just send the page a message and they'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody asked on our page one time. I think we shared one of their things, and they were like, "What does that stand for?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And I tagged them, and they never responded. So I was like, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> The social media department isn't that great. <laughs> or, or the customer relations or, yeah, no, we're not good. They're not good at any of it. All right, George, do you want to thank who makes this happen before we kick you off here? Well, thank you guys for having me on. And uh, definitely thanks to all my sponsors and everybody helps me out. Obviously, I've already thanked BJ and my family and everybody has helped me. Uh, we just recently had a new sponsor come on, AFR, actually, as of – today so that's pretty cool great cylinder heads they make and great products that i like to run um mickey thompson fti Mosier, innovative race craft apd matt datis carbs by tap definitely nicole she helps me out she's super cool about the whole not really having a legit job right now 
So that makes it uh that makes it worthwhile. But I'm I'm taking her to Nashville soon. So that'll be a that'll be a cool experience, I guess. Taking and, uh, her to Nashville soon. I was in Nashville the other night and the lines to get in the bars were so long that that we just went to the the other road down the street. So just call me when you come up. We'll we'll meet up. Was that because of spring break or no, because it just lifted the mandate. Oh, roasted. Yeah, might have to do that then. I don't know. We'll see. Speaking of Florida and spring break, how's that working out for you guys down there? It sound like y'all got a lot of crowds down in Florida. Oh, my gosh. The traffic's been ridiculous going anywhere. Like, you literally just don't want to leave the house. Like, it's spring break and, like, the COVID restrictions are off here. So, everybody is just, like, piling in. Like, I can just try to go to anywhere. Like, go get some food or something. And it's, like, 10 minutes extra what it should be. So. That's what Doe said. He said that since all the mandates everywhere, everybody's kind of just flocked to Florida, even if it's not spring break. And then on top of that, we have snowbirds too. So, yeah, the snowbirds aren't going home. I don't think. I think they're moving down there, brother. Yeah, and they always drive like 15 mile an hour under the speed limit in the left lane. So that's fun. <laughs> they're from New York. They don't know where how to drive up there. They and if that's you, and... take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> you take offense, this fuck you. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Gage, we appreciate you coming on. Enjoyed the conversation and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you uh, improve on your legacy this year and just keep kicking everybody's ass. I appreciate it. Did you guys talk to Lee? I can't believe you didn't. Uh, he didn't tell you about the vacuum story. Oh, let's hear it. Oh, no. Oh, oh okay. So we're in Martin, Michigan, and my fuel cell has a light in it, like a fish tank light. So you can see what you're doing. And uh, it falls down in, obviously, because what else would it do? Falls down in and breaks. So I, I'm like, oh. I can tell you, I, I already know where this is going, but I'm, I can't wait for this. So I drain the cell. I'm like, Lee, you, I, can I get this out? There's no way I can do it without a vacuum. He goes in the motorhome. He's like, my mom's got a dirt devil. Goes and grabs it, hook up the dirt devil, start sucking it out. And before we know it, I mean, my car's an call. It's on fire and we can't see it. It's burning Lee's eyebrows off as we speak and we can't see it. And it's on fire. So we're throwing it on the ground and it's lighting the grass on fire. And we're like, dude, we're about to burn down the whole operation with a vacuum inside of a fuel tank. What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. That, that doesn't mix well. No. <laughs> there's a, there's an electric motor and, it's, and all of that goes through and it's, it, it's got an open. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. Not, we did not think about it. <laughs> a, little, a little static electricity hey. around some racing fuel. You're lucky you got a good jawline and can bracket race because you'd be fucked anywhere else. So <laughs> <laughs> have a good night. Tell everybody we said hey and uh, keep kicking ass, man. As long, hey, man. As, it's, as, long as it's not against any of us. <laughs> no promises, but you guys take it all easy on me. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. See you. All right. Later, guys. See you later, man. He's so handsome. It's it's almost nice to it's, yeah. it's not even fair. It, I'm not really jealous because jealous would mean like I don't want him to be that handsome. I'm just envious. As Tara stares at me like, the fuck are you even talking about? Ryan's just like so disappointed today. This morning, he gives us a text. I'm getting the dirt on Birch. I'm like, I'm oh, trying, this is going to be I good. I <laughs> nine fucking people. Nine fucking people. And I couldn't get nothing. Oh, that kid is so nice too. And he's just he oh, is the baby faced yeah. assassin, man. He is just is, killer. I mean I mean, like twenty years ago I'd be like, why is he not in a pro stock car? But yeah, that yeah. Just because it, it it's like perfection. He's a he can drive like a motherfucker. And and, and like any any time like Ryan and I Ryan can attest to this. Anytime he, we're announcing and he's like 10, 15, 20 behind, it's not like it's over. No. Like, it's not like oh Gage, Gage is done here. It's like Holy shit, he pulled that out of his hat again. 
Yeah, and I mean that's it's one like he said earlier is like anyone come off the top B three total, um, which I don't know if that's completely true. I mean, there's a lot of people that have lucky runs, but uh, I don't want to test like the best drivers and what they can do and hitting the tree. That's definitely a part of it. But when you're behind and can make something happen, he's one of the very few that you can be like, you know, he can be 30. His guy can be perfect. And he, I mean, I'm not counting him out of the race. Yeah. But that's just, just knowing track position, knowing that he did miss it. You know, I mean, there's so many parts to that, that he's picking up on. And, and there's, there's a lot of people that don't have that and don't they, or as they see that they give up, they're like, well, I'm about to get my shit wore out here. Like mm-hmm. he's he's trying until you know. Kind of like bend over the other day. Yes. Just whip donut. The, uh, donut, the Krispy Kreme. I tell you what, I I did get inside information from Bend Over that you haven't seen the last of his uh, shenanigans yet. No. Okay. So I told him at Bell Rose, he was like, "How do I get on this podcast?" I said, "Well, you have to do something worth the fuck first, and then I'll talk to you." Well, now the motherfucker went and did something worth the fuck. So definitely he's won like three races in his life and, but he does this. So he does have a pretty nice Camaro as well. Yep. His Camaro is very nice. Uh, trying to get it fixed currently, I believe. What the hell was he driving? What kind of car was that? God, it's like a old something. or something or what the hell was that thing? I don't know. It almost looked like a Studebaker or something. I don't know. Something that had a manual choke. Yeah. He seems not to give one air in the world when he's like stage you go through this whole thing and that's why i kept thinking it was a joke i'm like what the hell am i watching like, it was a joke is? that he was even there yeah i mean he was like, just his text or his facebook post before the weekend's like is there like a slow et that, that you have to dial by i'm like no like you can dial whatever you want and he was like awesome i'm going so he was that guy because i knew somebody had asked like what's the break and they said nine yep. just just all run so i think i'm gonna have to get me a uh 13 second streetcar runs some no box now. Shit, good luck. <laughs> I'll call Steve Stites and find me a Cavalier. Yep. Caden Sites just bought one recently. Yeah. So, hey, I won my track cool. championship in a stick shift V6 front wheel drive Cavalier Z24. So, back in 1990. Me I might not alive yet. <laughs> yeah, I might have been better in that streetcar than I probably was in my actual race car. See, streetcars <laughs> are very underrated. And how good they can be. The good thing was is that Twin City Raceway. I'm not getting into that rant today. At Twin City Raceway back then, there were two little humps where you staged. So I could just roll into the first one and turn the pre-stage on. And then I could bump and it would settle on that second one when I turned the front light out. So Or turned the top light out. So I could deep stage and it would just sit there. I didn't have to hold the brake because there was a little like a groove right right where the stage welds were. So, Oh, God. Fun. That was that was good times. I actually loved riding, driving that car word out at the racetrack but anyway Shoot. what else guys i'm heading to vegas by the time this comes out i will be there i think ryan's gonna follow maybe i don't know yet we, little, little rock little rocks all star tv car i don't know yet we'll, oh. we'll see got a conversation got to have about that first it's monday night racing starts tomorrow and it takes you yeah 24 at, hours to get there well it's gonna take me eight hours to get to fort worth from memphis and then another 21 to 24 from Fort Worth. So you got you, Tara, and Little Rock. Y'all got three people to drive just straight. I'll tell you right now, Tara is not going to drive. Well, she might, but it would have to be life in danger. Let's answer, let's get her answer question. Hey, babe, if we go to Vegas, are you going to drive it all? 
Am I going to chance to? No, I mean like down the road, like down the highway. You are? She says, sure, that means no. <laughs> I, that is true. I don't ever let her drive. Especially telling a gooseneck, right? Yeah, that gooseneck can be different. She lied to me the other day. We were <laughs> So we got to Memphis two weeks or a week and a half ago, and we're in the motorhome, obviously. Well, the motorhome was at the transmission shop. So I was going to get in. She's like, I'm going to drive it back to the house. I'm like, you driven this thing before? She's like, yeah, before, you know, I used to drive this thing all the time, all the time back from Memphis. I'm like, okay. She had never driven this motherfucker in her life. <laughs> she pulls up the house and her dad's like the hell are you doing driving this thing yeah so i'm a little worried about our honesty relationship we got going but hey, a gooseneck a gooseneck trailer drives a thousand times better than any bumper pull trailer in the world oh yes, i agree do. and theirs is pretty long though but it'll be it hey, i'll give you I will i'm give, not saying i'm going i will give I'm you saying a, if we go I'll, I'll give you a hint it follows you everywhere you go doesn't matter how long it is Mm-mm. Yep. The longer, the better. Actually, it's just like a choo-choo train. It just pushes you right on the line. Size line. doesn't matter, Gary. Stop it. <laughs> and with that, that'll be it for the Drag Champ Show this week. <laughs> like and share. Like and share. Where are you going this week, Jake? Um, I don't know. Huntsville, maybe. Maybe Crossville. Maybe. Maybe the Hill for the first time ever. Wherever I'm going, there will be a junior dragster race because I promised. So. Yep. I promised he could race juniors this weekend, so he didn't want to go to, to Bowling Green last weekend because they didn't have juniors, and I can only imagine how much longer of a day it would be if they did, in fact, have juniors. Yeah, I wasn't there, but it looked like the first day they had no cars, and the ne- rest of the weekend they were swamped. 170, 179, 360, and 280, I think is what it was. Good That's weekend. crazy. Yeah. I've never seen – like, I've always – like, obviously, you know, we all expect to gain cars on Saturday, but never that many. Well, they – you aren't supposed to have more than two entries per car per driver. And there were some that ended up doing just that. And there was, a, it was brought to their attention before the race started. And they said, we can't police everybody. Sometimes we all need money. The, the goat was not very happy. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, well, luckily y'all don't go to Bowling Green this weekend. You got, about four options, not well, very not, far from where you're from. Yeah, they're having an import race at Bowling Green, but um, not that I'm critiquing anybody for you know not policing somebody for having three entries, you know. But yeah, when it's it's a, it's a little bit different before the race than <laughs> in the middle of it. Yep, agreed. Because uh, I, I know I know the minute anybody hears this, they're gonna be like, "Wow, but you did this," you know, because that's yeah. how people are. But. Well, yeah. when they show up to your race, the work of man ten grand here next uh, next month. Just tell them, hey, we can't police everybody. No, that actually won't be the case. I'm actually, I figured, I figured what I'm going to do is we're going to we're probably going to put bounties on people. Oh wow! Just as just for fun. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Just, put- just because the I know the people that I want to put bounties on will not be mad about it. They'll be like, bring it on, let's go. Yeah. That'd be a cool addition. I don't know. That's just something I thought about. Who knows? I, I just hate money, so I really don't care. Don't we all? Yep. Like well, all right. I, I gotta go. go. I got a flight yeah. in the morning. We got to He's uh, got a flight. I'll either be in Memphis or in Vegas. I don't know. I'll know the next thirty minutes. So I'm safe. <laughs> Have fun, Jake. Make sure Easton gets to race this weekend. Oh yeah. yeah, that we're gonna we're gonna drop some people this weekend. We're working on it. There you go. My kid dropped so hard the other day, he dropped literally between the the halfway between the mile and cone and the finish line almost turned it sideways and killed like a 10th. 
Did you show him Cole Grace? Did you show him Cole Grayson's video of what happens when you do that? No, I did not. But I watched the GoPro and he goes, it didn't move very much. And I showed him on this GoPro where it did. And he's like, oh, yeah, maybe that was a bit much. And I said, yes, sir. That was yeah, a bit yeah. much. Grayson's, Grayson's kids got a concussion and possibly a fractured tailbone from a drop. So any yeah. any parents that encourage it that much, not saying anything about parenting skills, but <laughs> it is possible and it is it is dangerous. And, you know. We all do it in big cars too. So, yeah. No. Sometimes yep. we all get stubborn and, yep, we wad them up for sure. We, we don't drive them for our kids. So, all right. We'll see y'all next week. See you guys. See you.